0: Production, the s and the ISX stocks. This is Motley Fool Money.
1: Welcome to Motley Fool Money, the podcast that has still not lost its license to run a New South Wales casino. I'm Scott Phillips from the Motley Fool. He is Andrew Page from Strawman. Mr. Page, good day. How are you? I'm mate. I'm very, very, very well. Can I say it's still very cold? Uh, down in barrel but it is getting slightly ever so slightly warmer uh so i am i am desperately clinging to the hope that someone might possibly arrive at some point that that's that's how i am i'm feeling optimistic and hopeful and a little tiny bit warmer uh as we record today on uh Thursday, the 15th, it is still going to be nine degrees here, mate, so it's still plenty cold, uh, but the sun was out yesterday, a little bit of a little bit of vitamin D, so I'm, I'm feeling a bit better. How about you? Um, just
0: for a little bit of a peek behind the, the curtain for listeners here, so as people know, we're doing this um, over the internet. I'm looking yeah. at you in a t-shirt, complaining <laughs> about the cold, in barrel, meanwhile, here I am in Sydney, and I've got two jumpers, a coat... <laughs> And you can't see, but I got a blanket <laughs> over my legs as well, like a granny. So I hear you on the cold. I hear you. Well, but, uh, you let's know.
1: go. Let's go. Let's go. Given you've pulled the curtain back, let's go further behind the curtain, mate. Because only one of us is tight enough to not put the aircon on and wear two jumpers and a blanket over <laughs> yeah, their knees. And that's it's true. not me, uh, which either makes you uh, uh, <laughs> uh, penny pinching or it makes me uh, maybe flagrantly. Uh, I don't know, reckless with my cash. I'm not sure which, but that's that's the other part of the story we haven't covered. Just behind me, that you can't see.
0: If, if I <laughs> pretend it's about the environment, does that make it a bit more noble? Or?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. I'm just well... tight. I'm just tight. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's yes. We are different people. We are different people. I was actually, you know what? I won't I won't say think about you a lot. I do occasionally. I was thinking about you this morning. We got some Twitter correspondence. We will respond to that, by the way, uh, on Sunday. So if you if you're on the Twitter machine, uh, you will have seen some of that maybe, and we'll talk about that on Sunday. But uh, I was thinking about you this morning, thinking that you know it's it's investors are really different people, right? And what I thought was just interesting, and and the Motley Fool itself, I, I, I kind of give the business half a plug. I don't mean to, but the Motley Fool, as a, as a group of services with different mandates, done pretty well across the board. Um, tough last 12, 18 months. We've talked about that a lot. But over the, over the long term, most Motley Fool services have done very well. Almost all of them have done moderately well with really, really different approaches. In fact, uh, gee, was it 10 years ago now? At one point, uh, David Gardner, who is Motley Fool co-founder, his rule breakers service, services, hyper growth, don't know about valuation service, and then Joe Mega, who, who now has gone back to the States, uh, but was here for a little bit of time. Some will know him uh, from the Motley Fool and from our sister funds management business, Lakehouse Capital. He was, I think, second or first. I Can't remember which one won, but one of them won. The other one was second. Out of five hundred investment newsletters, and Joe's service was inside value. This value investing oriented newsletter thing. And you think, man, you know, the, the odds of that being true are remarkable. And I just thought, you know, for your given your preference uh, for for smaller cap companies, for for smaller businesses and that kind of stuff, um, I'm kind of a mid cap kind of guy, maybe mid to large. But just, you know, we, we share so much in common. It's just interesting that you can apply either you know, whatever whatever kind of basic core beliefs approaches that, that work in very, very different ways. And I just thought that was interesting because, you know, um, again, as, as we talked about, you and I have very different uh, uh, choices around clothing and, and heating right now. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, at, at an investment level, we're very similar investors. I think we we'd, we'd probably can't fellow travellers, at least I would. Um, but really different way of doing that in really different parts of the market
0: it's actually really funny you say that Um, the exact same thing happened to me earlier in this week we we run a series Mm. of interviews with straw man and um, we had a a gentleman on by the name of Gaurav Sodhi a lot Mm. of people recognize he's
1: He's great guy in the scene
0: I really like him you know he's over at the intelligent investor and he's you know so he having a chat and it's like hey tell us about your investing style tell us about what matters and it's just like he's singing off the same song sheet as you or i mm, mm. and yet he's completely uh, like if he you yes. looked at his portfolio and then put that next to mine and then put that next to yours <laughs> there's right. zero overlap there's yeah, absolutely yeah. zero it's, overlap it's there amazing, which which we made the, the the comment on and he mm, he actually mm. kind of likes uh, resource companies and he made this really passionate case for it, it was like yeah, man, that's the best case I've ever heard for I'm almost yeah. with you there, right? And and it's kind of I think it's worth emphasising that point because it's it's you can. What matters is I, I think that you you you've got the big things bedded down, the big right. ideas, yep. you yep. know, and then the specifics can like the chips can sort of fall where they where they lie, and that that'll depend in terms of how that sort of aligns with your personality, your circle of confidence, a whole whole bunch of other other things. But you know, at the end of the day, what are we doing here? We're all we're all just looking to be part owners in really good businesses. You know, how how you you know, and what do you define a good business? One one wow. that has Not- excellent returns on invested capital. Now right, that right, that right. is a very broad definition, and it, it could yes. be uh, a coal mine in the case of of Goro. Mm-hmm. You know, it could it could yeah, be an online yeah, yeah. retailer in the case of Scott Phillips. You know, it could be um, a, a, a <laughs> pre profit. A fast-growing tech small-cap yeah. company. In the case of me, yeah. but it's all it all sort of fits the bill at least at mm. least um, uh, descriptively. And I think I think that's worth emphasising because you can you can very much uh, develop and carve out your own style, your own approach yep. that works for you. Yep. But at the end of the day you've got to have those big things right because you know
1: I think that- you do and I, one one thing you just said oh we all do this and I, I, I kind of half interrupted to say you know when the we is very selective right because we all as investors don't all do that, and I think oh, that's, that's true. you know that's the, all, all the know, smart I, investors I, all the good looking funny Exactly. yes charismatic yes yeah um dapper i uh no you're right, I think that but that's almost the, that that's exactly the point of hmm. it's you know, I was even thinking about this, mate, the other day about how long we spend in analysing companies. I spend much, much less time analysing businesses, individual businesses per company, than I used to. Not because I don't want to spend the time, or I have the time to spend. I, you know, I, I, here's a question for you. Massive tangent to start with, mate. we work out about. Anything it's stuff. just, just true to Here's a question for you. I yeah, exactly um, people are like really, you guys have an agenda for this podcast. That's unusual. <laughs> uh, who knew? I. I'm going, so there's a school of thought out there. I own a few companies, know them all really, 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 really well. So you have this edge. I am going to speculate, and I haven't formed this thought entirely. So, so join me on my, on my thinking. I'm going to speculate that the, that the last 90% of the time you spend on almost any company is a waste of time. Mm. Because mm. the things that are likely to matter to your investment returns, and you've already highlighted some of them, are probably going to be ob- obvious in the first 10% of your investing approach. Mm. I don't know. You know, people say, oh, I follow that company. I know it really well, and that's why I've got an edge because I know everything it does and everything it's going to do and and I know the product range and whatever. And I just – the 80-20 rule I think is always true in life. I don't know where it's not relevant. And I don't think it's – I think it's super relevant in investing as well. I'm not Mm. sure. If I spent 10 – pick a number – 25 hours, let's really outlandish, right, analysing a single company, Mm. the chance I uncover something in the 24th hour that – Meaningfully changes my investing outcomes on that company. Mm. I think are infinitesimally small. I mean, call it nothing, nothing zero, Mm. but close enough to zero not to matter. You know, if you understand what it does, how it does it, what its markets are, where it's going, I'm, I'm just not sure that you uncover something in the last bit of reading particularly when you get good at investing, you kind of get, yeah you know, the fil- filters work, right? So I'm not saying don't read a whole annual report the first time you do it. You know, read it, understand what's in the remuneration report, understand what's in the notes, the financial statements, contingent liabilities, all these terms that most of our listeners probably don't, don't need to know or know. I'm just not sure, mate. I, I, I kind of think once you've... Got a really thorough understanding of the business model, the, the the economic machine, to use Ray Dalio's term. We'll talk about him in a minute. What do you understand a business economic machine, I'm not sure there's much more to be gleaned. Am I? Am I getting blasé and and too uh, lackadaisical in my old age? No,
0: I, I hear what you're saying. I, I think that the the this is true of of investing, but like I think any any endeavor requiring a bit of skill is that mm. you the more experience you sort of get, the quicker, the, the more, the better the um range of heuristics you develop so you can mm. look at something very high level and go okay this yep. looks interesting let's zoom in a bit closer yeah uh, no red flags okay let's zoom in a bit closer no red mm. flags and you keep going down and down mm. and down mm. and down and i agree it's like if you've gone down a certain number of levels and everything sort of starts to line up mm. there's there's unlo- i wouldn't say impossible um there's there yeah. definitely them, yeah. exceptions yeah. to the rule but yeah i agree yeah. i think it becomes less you you tend to find that when the big things start to line up it's like the rest, mm-hmm. the rest is just sort of, you know, dotting the i's and crossing the t's. Mm-hmm. Um, having said that, there'll be times when you sort of start out broad, and you zoom in, you zoom in, and then ah, deal breaker, <laughs> and yeah. and and you yes. walk away. Now, maybe, maybe if I'd spent another hundred hours investigating that, I could find that actually it's not too, it's not as big a deal as I first mm-hmm. thought. And you're all, you are going to have a lot of of. Um, False negatives, false positives—one of the two. Um, you <laughs> false know, <things>. Yeah, <laughs> where where it's sort of like actually you shouldn't have 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 done that. But but there's also the practicality of it. If I was a uh, supercomputing general artificial intelligence, you know, consciousness that could mm. could could read a million things in a, in an instant and yeah, have right, a thousand right. thoughts in my head at once, that wouldn't be the case. But there's just there are so many companies out there that you do have mm-hmm. to sort of mm-hmm. p- apply this heuristic sort of lens yeah. to it. Yeah. Um, although speaking with Gora the other day, we also made the point that it's funny. And I think this is true of you too, is that the longer that I've been doing it, the more I just keep coming back to the same handful of stocks.
1: Oh yeah. Probably drives people mad because everyone, what you guys talk about the same stocks all the time. All no. the time,
0: all the time. Who knew? And, and it's, it is it, so true, mate. people love novelty and people love new. Yeah. Yeah. And yep. I do too. Like it's, it's, you know, it's just yep. like you, you hear someone talking, oh, you I'd, roll I'd, your I'd, eyes like, <laughs> oh, he's going on, a about that company again, but there's that it makes sense if you've yeah, if you've yeah. you've you've built up a bit of a yeah. intellectual bank. There's a legacy of sorts there. It was mm-hmm. just actually I didn't just sit down over the course of a yep. week and invest a hundred hours into this. I yeah. just sort of I I looked at it five years ago. I, I liked it. I bought some. Mm-hmm. I came I mm-hmm. kept tabs on it. I and then I I read more and I and it just it it's that is i actually think a huge edge for me there are some companies i feel as though i know so (laughs) intimately well that they release an announcement and straight away i can put that in i can pigeonhole that is it good or bad or Mm, you know mm. because it it it, it slots into a um a a lattice work of 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 previous knowledge and understanding and that's that's Mm. i think that's a big advantage so it probably makes sense that but you kind of you, you hover around the things that you know well, and and yeah. you feel you, because it is an edge. It is it is an edge to, to have that, and to to throw that away. Not that you need to throw it away, but to sort of ignore yeah. that for the something yeah. that is shiny and new, and mm-hmm. is, perhaps the share price is soaring to the moon, and you know it's very oh that. <laughs> that, that 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 looks a lot more exciting. Um, it, After pay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. You know, it can, it it it, yeah. it, it can yeah. be very tempting to do that, but yeah. I don't know if it's always yeah. the wise thing to do.
1: Yeah, I, just, I think I just think that's my that's my broad point, mate. I think in terms of the way we approach. So I, I, you know, it's also true, and this is so. This is as you're talking about. I was thinking about Buffett's point about circle of competence. Mm. Right, stay with your circle. Now he also said, this is what. Well, we occasionally mention it. We should mention it more. Buffett says. Stay inside your circle of competence, right? Uh, and there's a quote from some—I think it's somebody else—about so the know where the edges are. I think mm. is the other the other kind of quote that goes with the one that we don't mention often enough is enlarging the circle of competence. Mm. I think those things put together, those three kind of concepts, and we should we should highlight them more fully. Um, but those three things, if we put them together, kind of define I think the best the way investors should go about it. I not only do I come back to the same stocks, Matt, but I find I discard the same stocks, and those heuristics you talk about are really really valuable. Mm. Interestingly enough, I discard the ones Gaurav likes, and that's probably, you know, a combination of not liking the businesses, but also not pretending I understand them particularly well. The 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 depth of scientific knowledge and the jargon and other things required to understand a mining company is really, really different to every other company in the ASX. It doesn't mean you can't do it well. Gorev, I said, really smart guy. He started as the intelligent investors resources analyst, mm. by the way. I don't know if you know that many years ago. Yeah. Um so you know, that's that's kind of his background, but I think um, you know, not only do I not like mining companies, I don't feel like I have an edge in them. So I'm just going to say, well, it's, it's outside my circle of competence generally. Mm. Not said in the chat we had a couple of weeks ago about BHP, which I still haven't given up on as, a, as an idea just about where those companies can start and finish. And maybe it's the except the exceptions that are the do prove the rule. Maybe they can be identified or maybe not. Uh, but that circle of competence idea is one that really gets me. There are so many companies I look at and go, you know what, airlines, no, thank you. Mm. Miners, no, thank you. Mm. Can they occasionally do well? Yeah, just almost... Mm. By definition, kind of by law of averages, kind of by you know, throwing enough mud at the wall, something sticks. Eventually, occasionally, either one airline will do well in general, or a lot of airlines will do well at different periods of time, for short periods of time, and someone will say, "Look, Qantas went from five to eight recently." Yeah, it did, and then it goes back to five, and they don't mention. It. Then they just mention when it recovers, and maybe we should be buying them at five and selling at eight. Maybe, maybe there is a strategy there that does something. Uh, I don't love miners. I don't tend to love businesses that don't have a lot of pricing power, and we're going to find that out. I think mm. we've talked about this a little bit too. We're going to find that out in the next few years. Uh, but plenty of businesses that just have to run fast to stay still. If you've got pricing power, it's really tough. And so, mm. I, not only do I come back to the same companies, but if I do a screen of say, so yeah, Share Advisor, the service I run for the Motley Fool, it's not a plug, but. Uh, we kind of have an informal 500-ish million-dollar market cap minimum, mm. and the reason there is we've got a lot of members, and we don't want to unduly mess around with it with share prices. So we say, okay, let's put an arbitrary, it's, it, we, it's flexible, it's not, not a hard cap, but mm. uh, you know, arbitrary, okay, about $500 million is about as low as we're going to go because below that, we simply would put too many people into the stocks, it would move the price too much. It's not a, not appropriate for us to have that impact on the market. And by the way, members hate it. If they don't buy straight up and the shares jump five, seven, 10%, they get up us and say, you know, I can't buy the shares you recommended. So for those reasons, we don't tend to go fishing those places now when i look at those companies there's probably 250 odd that are more than that market cap and i go through and I go nope 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 yep recommended it already recommended Already no no already recommended no nope, nope. you know it's, it's yeah. one of those things where you know we've made 100 and oh, goodness 150 odd recommendations um a, a, some overlapping of course some re-recommendations so not 150 individual companies but over tw- you know 11 years um that that very idea uh you know, it's, 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 it's hard, right? Because there are just so many I look at and go, banks, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. Miners, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. You said to go through Telstra, no, I don't think there's enough growth in it. Woolies and coals, we've talked about, it. too expensive, okay. Yeah. And you kind of, you know, by the time you get down that list, like, okay, well, what about company X? Uh, already recommended. Okay, what about Y? Mm-hmm. Already recommended. What about Z? No, nope, it's this industry or that industry. I don't think that's necessarily a problem, mate, to your point. Um, but back to my original point, what I what I also think is... If we've done that, I loved your zoom in thing, mate. I love the zoom in thing because what it does is it says that the, the spending twenty five hours on a company is going from page one to page three hundred sixty five of the annual report, but bit by bit, by bit by bit, It's like and then you go, oh, it's still a minor, you know. And it can, look, will I learn something? Maybe. But if I spend twenty five hours saying no or twenty five hours saying yes, I just reckon if I've used those zoom level, you know, one times magnification, two times, whatever it is, if I get down those levels, I've kind of dealt with those heuristics and I've stayed in the circle of competence. I just reckon you know at Zoom level three rather than getting at Zoom level 15. Yeah. And that difference is, I think, meaningful. Yeah,
0: yeah. And and uh, yes, I, I think that's true. I mean, it is, it is as you say, though, it is worth exp- trying to expand that circle of competence over time or mm-hmm. reduce, at least on having a very clear... Mm-hmm. I the, the full quote, I think, is, it's not the size of the circle that matters but knowing where the boundaries are. Mm-hmm. Um. Which is which is very true, but just pushing on that a little bit more, it's kind of like, well, if I am, I do want to expand that, but still very much respect where that where that limitation of, of understanding goes. So I, I know that you you hold that view that you've articulated well there, but I also know that you've broken it very recently, and yes, yeah, and and it's probably it seems inconsistent, but I don't think it is to to defend you because. And Gaurav made the same point. He's like, well, the time you invest in in these companies are the extremes when it's just bombed out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so we've sort of, you know, I'm I'm with you. I'm not a fan of the banks at present or anything like that. But I tell you what, mm-hmm. we have a bone crushing recession and there's a recapitalization event and mm. the banks are down eighty percent. Be pretty tempted to back up the truck, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly.
1: You know, exactly. like
0: so. Like yeah, never yeah. say never. It's, yeah, but, yeah, it's yeah. but it's, but it's under again. I understand where the 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 the, the prejudice is probably the best word for, against that are based on these things. Once those things are no longer in place, you say, well, you know, I've got to I've got to be intellectually um, honest with myself and mm-hmm. and say, well, actually, here is an exception to the rule. You said you would. You don't like to invest in these companies kinds of companies because of x y and z well those yeah. those factors are no longer apparent so now it's yes 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 the, the only in fact the only the only reasonable defense at that point is well that can that is all true but i still think there is a there's an opportunity cost in the sense that there's a better opportunity elsewhere that's mm. that's reasonable there's only a finite pot of capital um, yeah, but yeah, and and I know you did that with Fortescue. You know, I don't invest yep, in own yep. in companies. You say it all the time, and, and you've articulated yeah. the reason well. <laughs> yeah,
1: true, true, true. And then
0: you said yeah. on the pod maybe it was a year ago yeah. or something, saying, "Hey, I bought yeah. some Fortescue." Yeah. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> like what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but and, but but for the right reasons, right? And mm. I think I think you've done well from that. Mm. So it's it's sort of. Mm. Um, Gosh, it's an interesting game, isn't it? <laughs> there's there's no hard and fast rules. Isn't mm. it? There's a thousand exceptions to all of them, and it's what keeps it interesting. Mm.
1: There, yeah, all, all true. I think it's you know what's funny. I guess the, my point about the mining thing, mate, is even when I changed to Fortescue, it wasn't because I'd done 25 hours research and the 25th hour of it got me across the line. You know, it was those those heuristics. And I'm speaking I'm speaking from experience. And, you know, one of the one of the very few benefits of getting old is you and I have been around now for decades doing this stuff, and we have. That experience, You can plug in some scenarios without having to start from position one and go all the way through to the end. And I guess that's almost my point. It's just Mm. that I think, you know what? You should do a really large amount of... um, You should do a really large amount of learning and educating yourself and understanding businesses and understanding investing and understanding all those things. And you talk about returns on investor capital. They're really important concepts. If it was up to me, I would spend, and I would recommend our listeners spend, I don't know... uh, 80% 80% of the time on that stuff and then 20% of the time applying it to companies. And you might, mm. they're kind of interchangeable, right? You learn about them by looking at companies and so it becomes a bit of a, a feedback loop. But realistically, if you kind of really understand return investor capital properly, that gets you 90% of the way to avoiding most of the other stuff that you wouldn't have mm. spent more than 15 mm. minutes on, let alone 15 hours on. Mm. Um, and the companies I own, they I don't think any of them were. I mean, I know, so Solpats I've owned for years. I know Solpats relatively well. But again, even then, I would, I couldn't, I couldn't name you an order, their top five investments by, by value to Solpats, right? Mm. I just couldn't do it off the top of my head. Mm. Do I know the company really well? Yeah, but what do I know about it? Well, I know the way they invest. I know the style they take. I know what their returns have been. I know the approach they're looking for. It's that stuff that is far more important to me than mm. do I understand the you know seventy uh, fifth largest component part what the market share is of that particular business. How, you know, I could I could learn those things. Of course, I could. Mm. Would it really change my investment approach or my investment returns by doing so? I just don't think so. Yeah. So I'm kind of you know I'd rather be I'd rather be an ex I'd rather develop expertise. I'll never be an expert. I'd rather develop expertise in business and businesses rather than individual companies. And I don't want to be the world's foremost expert on solpats or, God forbid, Kogan drink. Um, I own both those, for those who don't know that yet. Um, I don't I just don't need to be. Like, it just doesn't matter enough, right? If I'm right about Kogan, it'll be for the big reasons. If I'm right about solpats, it'll be for the big reasons. If I'm wrong, it'll also be for the big reasons. It's not like, oh, I should have read page 422 of the annual report where they said this, or, you know, oh, my goodness, they, they stocked this line of... Uh- you know, imported back scratches, and that was a stupid idea. Or, mm. you know, Rob Milner, you know, uh, put a 15th of the company's money into some copper mine somewhere. And it just, it just, mm. it just doesn't matter either either numerically or, or strategically to the business. Mm. I guess, guess that's my larger point. I just want people to, you know, the people boast they know everything about this company, I know everything that's going on there. It's like, well, you've wasted your time, dude. You probably missed other opportunities you could have been investigating. I'd rather go and look at fifty companies a little bit than one to the nth degree. Have actually, I flogged that dead horse.
0: A, a, actually, we'll just just before the while there's a little bit of flesh and bones left on the ground, I'll, I'll give, <laughs> hand, me, hand, me, more, the, hand me the stick. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think I think that what what you just said at the end there definitely resonates <laughs> with me. Is it's it's mm. the big things you want. I don't want. Yeah. I'm never going to make an investment decision because I've gone from thinking earnings per share are going to grow at six percent. You know, last week and now I think after a positive update or two, it's going to be seven and a half percent. You know, it's just like it's. I'm I'm really looking for those things that are just going to be. If I'm half right, I'm going to do really well, and and they're the they're the easier ones to kind of make. I don't care that something you know a, a pandemic's come along and sort of derailed some stuff, and they had a disappointing. Year of sales because you know the the engineers couldn't get on site to do the installations or what all these things that sort of happen. It's like yeah, it just doesn't doesn't change the dial for me. This is a, a business that if it continues to um, maintain any kind of reasonable sales momentum and continues to achieve any kind of decent market share, it's just sort of like it's it's a home run, right? It's a home run whether or not whether or not these these fifteen other thousand variables prove to be true or not. And, and as you say, it's just like, that's not going to be found in the deep, deep notes of, of a
1: business. So, uh, yeah, I agree. That's either remarkable or not remarkable around what, uh, what conversation our listeners have been part of. Motley full Money.
0: For more, subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener.
1: Mate, um, let's get back to the agenda after. What are we, 23 minutes in? We'll, like, we'll desperately drag ourselves back as he <laughs> desperately desperately grabs for a uh, easy segue and can't find one um the uh we, we of course should note uh, the passing of queen elizabeth very very sad for many in the commonwealth a, a change the only queen you and i have known um the only queen my mother and father knew uh there was a monarch uh, my mother and father knew it's a it's a remarkable journey the elizabethan age is is now at an end um i've been asked by a few people almost because they felt like they had to uh so uh did it have any impact on the markets and I'm, you know, markets are weird things. We'll talk about that in a second, and why they're weird and how much they're weird. There's been some ructions this week. None of those, though, were because of a change to the uh, head of the royal family. That didn't uh, didn't didn't make a dent. On the markets, nor should it have. I don't even know if you have a view on that or, or anything to say. I just it was just one of those things where I'm kind of glad there was no impact because the markets are stupid at the best of times. They're literally when you when you're a largely a ceremonial head of a country a Commonwealth or whatever, uh, and you know, yeah, look, you know, big deal, and a lot of people are really sad, and I absolutely respect that, but. Um, the concept that it might have even moved markets should have been ridiculous. Thankfully, you know, the markets are a lot to be embarrassed by, but this one at least, uh, no move because uh, not necessary, right? Yeah, no. I
0: mean, had it happened, though, I wouldn't have been surprised. I mean, you,
1: you, you know... <laughs> not because it, it should have, just because no, markets are stupid, you right? You know, I've yeah.
0: seen it all before, so... <laughs>
1: Yeah. I oh, mean, the only, the only
0: thing that I've, I find, like, just it's such a, it, got to be careful not to go too far mm. down a rabbit hole here, but it yep. just seems the, um, <laughs> our priorities are really, really askew here. The, it, mm. it's a significant historical event, like them or yep. loathe them, you know, it's yep. just, it's, it's, it's newsworthy. <laughs> There's no denying that. Mm. But yep. the extent of coverage is just driving me insane here. It's just like, actually, I think it was the same day that it happened. Um, a group of scientists released a report. Noting, detailing, (laughs) five major ecological tipping points that happens, like zero coverage. Uh, You know, Pakistan's under, like, two metres of water. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, things, a lot of stuff happening in Europe with the war, in Mm -hmm. fact, with with a whole bunch of stuff. And it's sort of, you know, I just, I feel as though there's a a lot of disproportion in Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. coverage. And again, I don't want to get into whether or what I think of the monarchy or not. You know, I've obviously got views, but it's just...
1: You know, it just but, yeah. it
0: just yeah. feels like my gosh, you know, we are more than a week after and it still just dominates the headlines. It's like mm. I don't know. I I, I find it I, I find it I just find it deflating in the sense that, you know, I think <laughs> it's like when you have young kids, you know? And they're always going to be distracted by the shiny little, you know, and, and, and miss a lot of the bigger stuff. And you're going to think, we're, we're, we're all the same. We're all exactly the same as, as adults.
1: So it's, it's, it's disappointing. Mate, I wonder, to, like, I think you're exactly right. You're 100% right. And I think if you were going to take a sober, if, you, if, you were, if you're the editor of some sober political magazine or, or you know, serious monthly essay, you know, uh, publication, you might give it passing mention and get on with the important stuff. I wanna though, kind of ask a little bit about, so I had it, there was some tweets during the week and there was a concern raised, this is business related trust, don't worry, getting back to it, uh, business related in the sense that there was some concern that Australian beef exports mightn't be able to go to Europe because of Australia's deforestation policy or our non-compliance with Europe's deforestation policy is probably the better way to put it. That because of kind of climate decisions or policies or actions in Australia, that we might not pass muster in, no pun intended, in, in the UK, sorry, in the EU. And I just, and also I kind of tweeted that, you know, no matter where you stand on the climate thing, and I think our listeners both know where we stand on the climate thing, but wherever you stand, the rea- it's the reality of the government decisions and the customer choices that matter, far more than what we actually think. And I guess I'm mindful, you know, for all the coverage of, of the Queen's death and, and the ascension of King Charles, I think those are we can have our views on them i I tend to also think we're probably overdoing it a little bit but also know on twitter people saying oh why is the abc covering this why is channel 9 covering this?" because people actually want to watch it like that that's you know that someone someone else quoted on twitter i can't remember who it was now um i wish i could it was i followed ben someone um ben virtual rings a bell we're basically saying you know we we are we are we haven't changed much in centuries you know the gladiators in the Colosseum. we're all about we're all about sport and monarchy Yes. And it's kind of you know, and whether whether we say monarchy with a small M, because we kind of you can throw reality TV in there as well. Hmm. And there's just, I, I think there's, there's there's a couple of different lines. I mean, the first is obviously, I'm sad that reality TV is such a big thing. Um, it kind of makes me worry about the future of the human race. That being said, non sports fans would say, well, hang on, you just watch other people do their reality TV sports balling because you can't do it. I, I'm, that's I shift uncomfortably in my seat when they say that because it's kind of true as well. Hmm. Um, the the monarchy thing, the reality TV thing, I, I guess. You know, should we? Is it a big deal? I don't know. It kind of depends, right? Like on a a sober assessment of public policy and making the world a better place, and you know, running the running the world as it should be run, it's a it's a footnote, in the sense that there are literally what hundreds of millions of people will probably watch the funeral. I suppose Um, it is. You know, it's worthy to be covered because people want to watch and hear and talk about it. I've had goodness have how many conversations about it in the last you know week or so. there, there, is some, there is something to that, I guess. Maybe, you know, is it, is it the world who we wish it to be or the world as it is? And again, that just my point for investors was, you know, you can have whatever view you want about the, the EU deforestation policy or about coal or about who, you know, what people sure should or shouldn't buy. And, and we should absolutely, as citizens, have a very clear view on that. We should elect people who make good decisions. And if we want to change the country, vote for different people. As investors, there is some element of just kind of going, yep, that's what people like. And so if I'm investing in a media company or not, if I'm investing in you know, an agricultural company or not, whether I think, you know, I have people, I've got followers on Twitter who are massively pro-nuclear and massively anti-renewables who see it as greenwashing and, you know, people who and people who are in between who are saying, I want climate action. It seems like nuclear is the best way to get there despite the risks. And those people all have really thoughtful, serious ideas. Uh, the, the, the reality is no matter what they individually believe or I individually believe, what the world now does as a result is the world I'm going to be investing in. Um, so purely purely from an investing perspective. I just, there is something to that. Just, and again, it's not, I don't agree with you 100%, but there is something about just understanding the way the world is and accepting it, f- at least from that, that mercenary enough position of, I'm an investor and I got to know where people are going to spend their money if I'm going to try and make some money myself.
0: No, no you, you are a thousand million percent correct. Um, yeah. That's a lot, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> well, you're right. I mean, the, the, I mean, this is for me, it's actually, frankly, the, the big appeal of investing. It is It is mm. not, you know. I think too often it gets based down to, mm. oh, you like money and you want to make more money. I, mm, I think mm. it's, it is, there's, <laughs> maybe I can say this, there's more of a noble pursuit in it all and that is just oh, trying absolutely. to understand the yep. world that we live in. Yep, yep. Um, and it, it, I feel as though the person who has a clear understanding of the yes. world and how yes. it works yes. actually is probably going to be a really great investor. But the way it works you or know?
1: the way they wish it worked or the way it should work or the way they could... Oh, the, the ideologue. And, yeah, right.
0: The ideologue is the terrible investor <laughs> yeah. because they go, no, well, it shouldn't be like that. It's like, <laughs> yeah, well, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. In, meanwhile, in the real world, <laughs> uh, this is sort of happening. So mm. yeah, mm. I, I think I think that's a very important point. So I just, I just lament it from my own personal viewpoint. Yeah. I mean, this is a great thing though, about the uh, the modern information economy that we live in. Yeah. I have a thousand different sources of content that I can draw yeah. upon at yeah. leisure. It's yeah. a podcast, a great example, right? It mm. could be the year day. 2042 and you're listening to this, right? <laughs> whenever it, whenever oh, it suits on, you. Move on, <laughs> But you can, right? And yeah. so it's yeah. sort of like I sort of turn on the, the news at night because I'm yeah. just sort of an old man in that habit. Um, <laughs> and I go, oh, gosh, more on this. But it's yeah. like, oh, yeah. I'm talking- Bring out this this magic piece of glass in my pocket <laughs> and access the entirety of human knowledge. It's a, you know there are alternatives, so yeah, there is that.
1: There there is some there is some joy in being able to be an old man and yell at just things that are happening because we can't. It, write. it really like, is. I, I, I could yeah. I could change the channel or I could just yell at the TV because that's just more cathartic, and I'm going to do that instead. Do you ever hate read
0: anyone? I won't. I want to name any columnists, but there are certain ones out there from a uh, certain media organisation <laughs> that I ha- I just loathe. <laughs> Uh, but I can't help myself. I read everything they write oh really? because no. yeah, because I because I I like there's a part there's yeah, a there's a yeah. sadomasochistic part of me that just likes to get angry. I think and it's like <laughs> oh what are they saying now oh it's so annoying. Welcome oh, to the interview with
1: Andrew podcast. Yeah, <laughs> 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 it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, I um, hate read. I, you know what, mate? I actually don't think so. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I can't think of anything particularly that I. That I read to hate. There are. I, I probably rationalize, whether I'm kidding myself or not, I, I rationalize it more
0: in trying to uh, not get trapped in my own bubble, which is which yeah, is, that's what, the, the real downside yeah. of where yeah. we live these days. So it's kind of like I do think there is value in sort of seeking out other opinions.
1: Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think, is, no, you, mate, I think is, that, that's the point I was going to try and kind of get towards. And I kind of didn't, but you, you're right to raise it because it's mm-hmm. – i i fear i fear more for the algorithmic um experience of news i i said before i think i I find twitter and facebook's algorithms really unhelpful societally speaking of the way we wish the world was Let's, let's let's go there instead um uh certain news organizations as you say uh let's let's call that fox news in the u.s because i can um the the reality of the way we experience the world is changing i you know as what it's kind of what i mentioned to you as a last week about the physical paper right and that was Mm. that that's kind of the that's the other version of this is yes there are papers with kind of Ideological. In fact, they all do. Like you know, even if, if it's not. Some is overt. Some is deliberate. Some is just you know mm. um, implicit mm. or or just the way they hire and things they talk about, things they value and resource. But every paper's got a some some bent. But generally speaking, if you were to grab a paper from the front to the back and read through it all, you're going to learn some things. You're going to be shocked and horrified and informed and enraged and all this by, by what you read. And there'll be different things, in different papers. Some have got, you know, half a, half a page on the rest of the world. Some have got a whole section on the rest of the world. Um, some give shouty commentators more space than others. Uh, but, the, but I do – that's what I really – I miss about the paper. And I really think we are less informed as a society because of that. I really do think if you flick through the paper, yeah, you might flick through a couple of people you disagree with. Maybe you stop and read it. Maybe you don't. But you're going to you're going to flick across to. You mentioned the floods in Pakistan, right? You're going to see that because you see it because you don't you don't look for. you know, I might Google floods in Pakistan or I might follow someone who covers, you know, the news in the subcontinent. But but I do happen to watch News Channel X or newspaper Y, and I get that stuff I wouldn't otherwise get. And there's just there's some value in that. I don't. Honestly, mate, I reckon I've seen one or two tweets on Twitter about the Pakistan floods. Mm. And they have many retweets from people I follow who had that perspective. But mm. I'm absolutely sure if I watched or watched the news, particularly to ABC in this instance, or I read the paper, I would have seen more of it, for example. So I just, you know, and I, tried, I try not to be that, you know, mm. algorithmically, only follow people I agree with, guy I try and make myself mm. exposed to different things. But mm. I'm sure I'm missing entire swathes of stuff because i've selected into a certain group of people to follow and i don't know let me take it back to investing the other challenge with with that is you actually also don't experience the whole thing i've said to you before uh, i had a mate who would never buy shares in fosters back in the day because he didn't like vb right and that was that was i I think a a silly approach because it doesn't matter what you likes what everyone else likes Mm -hmm. but the twitter thing can be the same right everyone 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 i follow on twitter seems to be wearing uh i don't know patagonia right it was in the on twitter this morning uh so Patagonia must be a great brand it's like well i follow a small number of people on twitter and i might follow people who tend to be a certain think a certain way shop a certain way have certain preferences about their own you know clothing choices and brand identities does that mean patagonia is necessarily a group it could, it could it could be a great way to start but I've got to be really careful. I don't assume my social media experience, in particular, is representative. Otherwise, that can be its own. I can either buy things that are bad, or I can miss whole things. Man, I, you know, I'm sure if I watch TikTok more, I'd probably make a fortune buying, you know, buying stuff that kids these days are, are into. But I don't, and, and that I I wonder if that's to my to my um, my chagrin, to, to my you know uh, disadvantage by not doing that.
0: It's a thorny problem. I don't. I don't have an answer. Um,
1: it's tricky. It's it. really That's tricky. what this podcast's for, mate. You're supposed to have answers. To this. <laughs> hey, um, let's let's move on. Speaking of tricky, and speaking of market doing its thing, let's talk about a market, a big market doing its thing. The volatility we've seen uh, on stock markets over the past couple of weeks. It was only two weeks ago we talked <laughs> gotta, about. I've got to
0: throw in the broker joke. It's only on. called volatility when markets
1: go down. Yeah, it's- exactly. No
0: one. No one talks about volatility on the way up, right? I have. You know?
1: I have been very careful when I've spoken about the falls and I've spoken about my. Uh, distaste of the way the market overreacts to also make the point that it could have been on the other side but you're exactly right it's, it's volatility on the way down um, 4.3% fall on US markets on Tuesday night our time 6% um, for the
0: NASDAQ yeah wasn't
1: it? every single one of the NASDAQ 100 companies fell for the first time since March 2020 and the, the less pandemic, we talk about yep. March 2020 the better right because that was you know that was literally yeah. was the worst of the the worst of the pandemic and, but, and, crash. and when that happened that was mm. the first time in a right you know, however know long that. yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, so here's the thing, right? I'm glad you, you mentioned that because here's my thing. And you talk about the way things are phrased, right? People say, oh, it's the worst fall for two years. True. Absolutely true. But as I said, the other thing they could have said is, oh, we've had two years without a fall this big. How good's that? <laughs> Do you yeah. know what I mean? If, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, there's a very, very real way to think about this, which is, man, if the market only does this once every two years, that's pretty good. Only, yeah. only once every every couple of years. That's 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 kind of a great outcome, right? Once in five hundred days. What's the math on that? You do the maths. Zero point zero two percent. I'll take yeah. that. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. and it's funny the way we talk about it. Again, the you know X billion dollars wiped off the market headlines as we as we saw as well. Um, but yeah, so first thing was the, exactly that perspective of, you know, worse in two years. Wow, it only happens. You know, biggest fall in forty five years. Great. That's been that's mm. wonderful. That's a really good thing to have. You know, we're mm. we're at a great place. Um, so there's that. The other thing I. <laughs> I I make a say about I don't. You might disagree with me. I don't, don't. think you will, but you might. I really. So the market is stupid, and traders doing stupid things. And as you say to me regularly, just don't worry about it. I, that's absolutely true. So this is it's for good things. Don't
0: don't this don't is the, wish for don't wish for a rational market, or we are <laughs> out
1: of a job. This is right. Well, this is this is to the benefit of. But also, you say, you know, why do you care if the market overreacts? It's just you don't have to worry about it. And you're absolutely right. So it's the benefit of our listeners, not not me. Although it is a bit cathartic for me. Let's be honest. Um, the right, is what, let me call it $1.25, just to make my life simple, right? $1.25 of the entire US market, every single company, every single company, writ large, added together, $1.25 was wiped off, to use the favorite newspaper expression, the value of those companies, which in theory were valued at the value of their profits all the way to eternity, discounted back, and you know, future cash flows, all the stuff we've talked about before, on the assumption that the US Fed chair may have to raise rates a little bit more than was previously expected or a little bit faster than was previously expected or for a little bit longer than was previously expected. And that's it. And I kind of, I don't blame people who don't invest for a quid who say, that seems bad because we're all biologically engineered to massively over value, overweight the short term, the, the near term, right? So we hear, <gasps> rates might have to go up to 3.55 instead of 3.25 or something. And that might last for an extra three months. And that's literally it. At some point, they stop going up, then they come back down. And over 40 years, 60 years, 80 years of, of future share market returns, they'll go up and down again and up again up in a lot more. And yet 4% of the full entire long-term value of those businesses is gone based on it might be slightly more, slightly longer or slightly higher I just, I, I know my brain explodes, mate. I, I'll remind our listeners. Jeremy Siegel, the the Wharton professor, said during COVID that if every company in the New York Stock Exchange profits went to zero for a year, so entirely to zero, every company for a whole year, that was worth about ten percent. <laughs> and so, and that that's the maths, right? Now they dropped about forty percent of the event, and that was that was his point. This time around, if 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 profits going to zero for one year, for every company is worth ten percent. Effectively, it's six months of no profits at four point three percent. Close mm-hmm. enough. I'm, 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 you know, rounding up and rounding down all over the place just to make my point. But, and and it's on the basis of rates maybe being a little bit higher, maybe for a little bit longer. I, 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 just, I don't know. I, you know what? I, why I struggle is I, I struggle to explain when someone says what, what's going on or why. I, the short answer is markets are stupid, but that doesn't really cut it when it comes to media interviews or or trying to explain to my members or readers. But I just. I just it, anyway, it, it continually blows my mind the stupidity and the short-term over-focus. What's the what's the word I'm looking for um, of of those? I mean, a big deal. Rates going up is a big deal. It'll hurt people who pay more on their mortgages, business will pay more on their debt. Shares are worth less at higher rates than they are at lower rates because the way the maths works. Those things are true. Mm. But this, we're talking such incremental, tiny amounts of change to be worth four point three percent. I just, I, I boggles my mind, mate. I think it's a frame.
0: I hear what you're saying, but I think it's a framing. Problem, so, so why why did the market do what the market did? <laughs> well, I give you an exact answer that I know is 100% right. And and that is, is that buyers were willing to pay less yeah. and sellers were more eager to sell. They yes. were happy to sell at a lower price. Yes, And of all the shares that traded hands on that particular day or any given day, mm-hmm. it's a very, 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 very tiny minority of all the shares that are available to be traded. So if there's a company out there that has 100 shares on issue... You might see one or two shares traded a day, mm, mm. and and ninety nine to ninety eight percent of them just sort of sit there in, under the mattress <laughs> of the other <laughs> shareholders mm. who just think mm, I don't want to do anything. So so it's kind of like it, it's w- w- these these companies they get chopped up into little pieces, they get given to people mm. or people buy them more, <laughs> yep. more accurately, yep. um, and then some people mm. take these to a to a market and a market mm-hmm. in the sense of of any market whether it's a mm-hmm. Paddy's market <laughs> Flemington market <laughs> fish market <laughs> you know market, where they're yes. yeah yeah and, and you name it a market where, where someone who has something mm. who wants to trade it for money for someone mm. else mm. and that's sort of happening over there on the sideline meanwhile the businesses that those those little fractionalized ownership <laughs> receipts represent are just doing mm-hmm. their thing mm-hmm. and meanwhile the vast majority of people who own them are actually not doing anything now I know the argument goes yeah but they could yep and that is true. Which is true, yeah. Everything
1: and they, everything And they everything will be available in sale at, at at a at a price. Yeah.
0: But you don't you don't have to you mm. don't have to whatever those people are doing doesn't mean a it's rational. Or whether it was rational the day before it's rational now. Yeah. Doesn't mean that you have to participate in the insanity of, of what's <laughs> what's going on. Yep. Um it's the classic. It's a classic Mr. Market metaphor. Yes, you know, yes. every day he knocks on your door and, and offers you offers you a price. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, most of the day, just slam the door in his face. Like, mm. go away. Mm. And now, every now and again, he'll go, "Hey, would you like to buy Commonwealth Bank for thirteen dollars?" Mm. <laughs> Yes, please. Come, <laughs> come on in. You know that you are yeah, welcome. Yeah. You yeah. know, some days you say, "Would you like to buy it for two hundred bucks?" Like, get out of town. That's crazy. No, go mm-hmm. away. So you—that's—that's mm-hmm. that that's, that's the way I—I I yep. tend to look at it. I think this is the—the the wonderful. The, there's there's a couple of wonderful things about publicly traded markets. Mm. One of the best things, and the reason, in fact, I would argue as to why they. Publicly traded companies have such a premium on private traded companies. You take mm. two identical companies; one is available to be traded on the ASX and the other isn't. Yep. The one on the ASX will attract a higher price, and it doesn't make any sense until you realise that that liquidity matters. Yep. That ability for li-
1: an investor to yep. change their mind yep. is 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 valuable. It is really valuable, and just the ability to get your cash with two days' notice without having you know if you if you own a private yep. company, the process of selling that. Of, of finding some potential buyers, of finding enough information, give them enough confidence to make a purchase or not. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. Maybe there's one. You've got to buy so whole businesses. The number of potential buyers is smaller. All that stuff is real. If you can yep. own those, as you say, tiny little pieces, every single day the public is, the information is already out there. They've already got a price history. They've already got yeah you know, everything they need. You've, you're nine no tenths of the way through the sale process as soon as you're on the ASX. So the extra yep. 10% is just, do I like the price today? Yes or no?
0: Yep. And that's and it's great. It's wonderful to have that liquidity. Mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. it is genuinely valuable, but it does come at a cost. Mm-hmm. And, and the cost of it is, I, I suppose, is the psychological one where he, we <laughs> yes. put the cart before the horse. <laughs> so, yeah. it sort of starts out in this very – I mean, you just yeah. go back to the um, East India Company in Amsterdam and where it all started <laughs> yeah. hundreds of years ago. It really started out as basic as that. Hey, let's break a company up and, okay, you all get some and, okay, well, hey, I want to get, I don't want these anymore, I'll buy it off you. And the market, naturally, it's a very natural thing that humans do, whether it's with coconuts or shares, you know, we, yeah. we, we, yeah. we trade with each other. Yeah. And 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 it's gone from that to people viewing the market as this oracle of wisdom that, that can mm-hmm. factors in everything and is always right. And it's just like, nah, it, it, it tends to be generally right on average over the long term. Mm. That's that's definitely true. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. people will sort of figure it out at the time. But I think yep. it's on us. The, the failure is on uh, uh, No, you're not making this point, but uh, too many people do where they say something happened on the market and then we try and fit a narrative around that as if that's the North Star, as if that's the yep. thing that is true and correct and that we now need to adjust our perception yep. of reality yep. To, yep. to fit that. And I would say, no, no, no! You've got it completely backwards. Yeah. Your your own view, and th- this is this is this is why all the great investors have an independent mm. view of the business. Mm. And then the market is is that Buffett says it so well. It's one of my like he's got so many good, you know he doesn't. great things, <laughs> so many. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but the market Crazy. is there to serve. Yep. It is not there to inform. Yep. It is there to serve. And and when you need it, mm-hmm. and that and it's great that it's there. That I can just go. <laughs> whoop, whoop, press a couple buttons on my on my magic plane of glass, yeah. and I own something or I don't own something. Mm. That is that is fantastic. At all, mm. all the times I don't give a stuff, I don't give yeah. a stuff. It, it yeah. makes no difference to and me. And nor should you. Yeah, exactly. And and thank goodness that 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 there are there are all of these irrational people yeah. out there. Yeah. that will panic and dump stuff and give me an opportunity to yeah. buy stuff at, at a super cheap price. Or, and, and then it's other times, it's like offer to buy It's like stuff. You often say it's not buy and hold, it's buy to hold. Yeah. I'm going to buy this company because I love it. I think it's going to be great in 10 years time. And then the next day, someone just gives you a price. It's just too good to be true. It's like, well... <laughs> my intention was to hold it but I, okay yeah. <laughs> you know it's like everyone's got a price right so yeah. it's like you love your house because because you live in it it's got massive utility yeah, that's right. and if I said to you mate I'll buy it off you at the current market price whatever that is you'd probably yeah. say no because then I'm gonna have to buy a house and move and blah, blah, blah.
1: <laughs> that's right exactly but
0: then it's, just, then it's just a matter of well let's mm-hmm. just keep going up all right two million three million yeah. four million yep. five million there'll be a point where you'll go Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. okay, I will yep. play this game, and and of course you will. Yep. And you, where that point is for you is a personal mm-hmm. question. But that's that's exactly the way you should look at it with with
1: with your with your shares. Um, so I, I, I think just that's framing that's it of, a little bit well, differently. Yeah, no, I think and, and both those things are right. I think where I. And, and it's, it's the overlap of those things, I think, that's hopefully the value of this podcast, quite honestly, mate. I'm not going to big ourselves up. It's, it's free. It's probably worth exactly what people pay for it. Uh, but, <laughs> yes. but hopefully, that's, yeah, the other line. Um, but hopefully that's, I mean, that's what we're trying to do, right? Because what I...
0: It's, it's like shaving, downside. mate.
1: doesn't matter how well you do it, you still <laughs> got to do it the next day. And that's right? why we're so here like, every week. That's right. Yeah, so but, but that's, I mean, that's, that, that's the challenge with the market. I think that's, I, I love desperately the fact that anyone normal individual people me when i was just a knuckle-headed 22 year old a uni graduate went oh, i'll buy some shares i guess um you know, stupid mistakes early on as we've talked about before i love the fact that's possible right i love the fact the market is open and, and reasonably democratic and reasonably well regulated and have we all have the opportunity to share in this value creation i think that's spectacularly great what i do worry about though is that because there is no one single way, nor is there anyone really incentivized to help you work out the truth from the other, is those things you're talking about. When you say, I'm glad people panic because I don't get a chance to buy it. The other hand is some of those people listening to the podcast, the ones who may well have panicked either now, then, or in the future. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, I think, the, that's the education piece we're trying to do as part of this, is to say to people, it's, it's so, so absolutely understandable that you're in this situation. It's so absolutely understandable that you feel this way because no one's ever said to you, the market may not be right. You know, I, I've said I've used example four of my mother who used to address or used to talk about her financial advisor, her and dad's financial advisor by his son, Mr. So-and-so, I won't name him because I've, I've said disparaging things absolutely justifiably about him in the past. Mm-hmm. But she'd call him, oh, I went to Mr. So-and-so. Like, like, they, like they had this some magical respect, you know, and, and it was particularly for an old generation, mate, you know, the doctor was Dr. So-and-so and the bank manager was Mr. So-and-so and, and they had these, you know, valuable reputational roles in society and they were, they were expected to know better and know more. And so I think that's that's why I'm so passionate about what we do here because mm. it's so easy for people who have started investing to go, well the market says BHP is worth forty dollars, so I guess that's the price. They must know because I don't know anything. Someone must know something. Um, you've, you've you've you know got a, a flowery way of saying, you know, no 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 one knows anything. What's your what's your line about that? Um, but that oh, yeah, that, that's know. but that's kind of that's kind of There are of no thing, adults. Right? <laughs> right? And and yeah. we're all making up as we go along. And and yeah. that's I, I want people to know that. And it doesn't mean you can't find, as you say, an assessment of value and you can't work out whether something's worth buying or not or worth holding or not. And you can't try and be roughly right more often than not. Those things are possible. That's, again, what we've just talked about and what we try and do. Um, but don't, don't... Please don't fall into the assumption that the market knows what it's doing or that the prices that it's selling for in any given period of time are necessarily the right ones are attractive enough to buy because that's that's the bit you know um i was talking to uh, literally before we recorded this podcast steve price the, the radio journal i do a daily spot on his um uh it is like regional triple m and and uh, through the listener app actually part of the listener network um free, free plug for our for our publishing partners um But he was saying the same thing. The market's fell 4%. People looking at their super saying, hang on, my super's down. I've just lost money. I was going to retire on this. Now I've got less. If I had a million-dollar superannuation account, I've now lost the value of a couple of new cars in the space of a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. That's real money, right? And you and I say, well, that's what happens. And it's volatile and it fluctuates. And those things happen. And you should expect that to be the case. The emotional response, the emotional uh, challenge to try and manage your financial emotional lives when you when you assume someone else must know better and you're wondering why this isn't this orderly market that does stuff like it's supposed to because it's supposed to be smart capable you know rich people doing sensible things why is it possible why is it the case that the market is so so badly off kilter it's a reasonable question right oh yeah so two points on what you said
0: there the first Hmm. is the the cognitive dissonance is just amazing to me that (laughs) that people can on one hand say the
1: market is always right and yet turn around and buy shares yeah, exactly. But they don't know they don't. That's, I, this, is, this is almost my point, mate. Like, you're right. And I'll let you make your point. But people don't think that. that that's, that's the fundamental starting point of, yeah, yeah. you know. No, people aren't buying shares because they think BHP is massively, massively undervalued. They buy shares because they think, I, hopefully BHP will go up a bit over time and I'll make some money. And that's, mm. that's, I think, why I'm – again, why I'm, you and I are different people. We're looking to beat the market. Most people go, the stockbroker said BHP is good. Uh, it's, it's big. It's been around for years. I guess it must be safe. It must be good to invest in. I guess I'll buy some mm. shares. And that's why that's, – that's almost – not I know, but it's just experiment. a very high level. It's just I, – I understand mm. it. Um, yeah.
0: I, it. But it's just once you ponder it for a moment, it's kind of like, well, the definition yeah, of fair. a fair price. Fair, yeah. yeah. I mean, if we, if we knew yeah. exactly what the cash flows of BHP were going to be from now yeah. until eternity – Yeah. And there's, therefore, we get rid of the risk. There's no more risk. Yeah, It has the exact same value as a treasury or a bond. Yeah. It, ha- it has to, right? Because yeah. in yeah. fact, yeah. probably even less, right? Because we can't know for them for 100% certainly mm. what they're going to be valued at. So it's sort of, yeah. it, the, if, it is, if it is perfectly, if the market is perfectly efficient, mm. then I'm going to get a very, very bad return. So yeah. to buy something, whether or not some financial planner said it was a good idea i'm assuming that the market is wrong yeah. so i'm assuming the market's wrong because it's cheap and it's going to go up yep. uh, more more than more more than uh, its cash flows would, would sort of warrant mm-hmm. as, as the market comes to realize that the the value that's 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 on offer but if that's true, then why is it that once we buy it, we assume now the market is going to be perfectly <laughs> rational? And oh, it fell down two percent. Oh, the market must know something. So, wait a second. Yesterday yep. Yep. it didn't know anything. It was giving yep. you a bargain. Today it's a perfectly rational pricing machine. It, it, yes. it doesn't. It makes zero sense yep. if you think about it. The other thing I would say, and this is getting into dangerous territory, so I just I just to want it. to make it as a very periphery peripheral broad <laughs> comment. Not but I think it. a lot of I think a lot of it is because the money is broken, frankly. So why? Why would an average uh, person I don't, I mean that in the like in the in the in the most sensible way like we all have our 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 thing in life you know whether mm. I'm a, a carpenter a teacher a nuclear mm, physicist mm, whatever mm. I've passion and life and circumstances driven me to a certain thing and I get rewarded because we live in an economic system through <laughs> through having some money to do that yeah no None of these people are interested in, in, in forecasting interest rates and working out the discounted cash flow of, of uh, BHP. But they do it because they have to do it. They do it because if I hold money, what's the problem with holding money? It just inflates away. And this is what the world is finding out now after a very benign period for a bunch of reasons. Is, is that the money is dead. I can put it in the bank and mm. I'm, I'm losing money in real terms. So I have to buy something. Mm. And 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 because the money is broken, I, I now am forced into becoming an investment professional. And but but I, I don't have the training, I don't have the background because I've spent my whole life doing this other. Uh, probably far more noble, Mm. (laughs) more productive, more (laughs) valuable to society kind of Mm, thing. mm, And mm. that that is such a shame. Back in the way, way olden days, it's just sort of like, you know, people... People would accumulate gold. And I could pass that on to my children and my grandchildren. And it just would retain purchasing power. That's that's what I do. I would the value of money, if you think about it fundamentally, one of its core characteristics is as a store of value. Yeah. And we don't have that value. We that that's no longer true. Money is not a store of value, it's a melting ice cube. And I just think so, again, I'm not gonna pick at that thread <laughs> because I know where it leads, but but I think that's I think if you want to really zoom out, I think that's a big core of the problem where every Australian, in fact everyone in the in in the world, is is having to invest in property, in equities, God forbid cryptocurrencies or some other stupid NFT. It's because it's like, well, what else do I do? I have to I have to I have to spend my money now mm. before it erodes, or I have to I have to become an investment professional and find something that's going to at least grow. Over over time, and 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 then and the normal greed kicks in, and then I want it to grow even more, and it just <laughs> it's this speculative mania that is mm, that is
1: mm, I, I would argue bad bad for society. <laughs> That's the short version. Those of you who are yeah. thinking, I wish Andrew would unpack that. Trust me when I say you, you really don't, don't want, want me to. That. You don't you want me don't me to unpack that, but uh, but it is it is a fascinating conversation. Mate, do up. you think though? Don't you? No, just I just want
0: I want I want uh, just a quick you want no, but do, don't don't you think there's something? There is something wrong. First principles. If you stand back and you think that that's I, I, I have to. If I have X, if I am in a position, mm-hmm. fortunate most of us are in in the developed world, mm-hmm. where I have a, a, at least the capacity to save money, that I've actually, I must be an investor in some way. Even if it's an ETF, even if it's through a managed fund or whatever, I I have to be an investor. I can't be a saver.
1: <sighs> I don't know that you and i start from the same place and i don't think that you and i have the same perspective on the way in which those things are true i don't actually fundamentally disagree with you on any of the facts but i'm not sure it's as new an issue or a phenomenon uh than that it might appear people have you know, we have had inflation in forms for many 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 years including by the way in the early 1980s uh, and so when we think about the last 40 years and think that things have changed have they changed Are we back to where we were 40 years ago Your history doesn't repeat it rhymes that stuff um, people have always invested back to your point about the South Sea Company and uh, the East India the East India Company uh, and before that there were, you know, investments in different different productive enterprises, not necessarily in limited company form, but others as well. Um, so I don't I don't think your view is wrong. I do think that, and I also think the average person doesn't think that from first principles either. Um, they are just trying to amass some wealth, and whether it's through shares, property. I mean, people are investing in shares for you know, literally centuries. By definition, to back to your original point, um, and and you know, stories of businesses in the Bible and farms. And yeah, you know, I think there are i i'm not sure it's a new phenomenon there might be new implications of it maybe it's even getting worse i'm not sure that it is but i could i could understand an argument to make that point i don't really think much of the system has changed much in the last four thousand years um for for exactly the reasons that you know we we know there were there were you know uh, artisans and 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 manufacturers of of, not in the current context in, in ancient greece and rome uh, you know, there, was, there were people who made investments and, and made and lost money. They bought ships. They did all sorts of things. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure I agree with the uh, perspective. And I'm not sure I agree that people are literally thinking, I have to invest in this thing because I can't get money everywhere else. I also don't know many people who said, I'll give up my cash in the bank and invest in BHP shares or crypto because I'm not getting quite as much yield as I would otherwise have liked. Um, at a, at a, an institutional level, that's absolutely true. I think, that's, I think you're absolutely right. And that's why I think it's a nuanced conversation uh i'm not sure many people in the modern era have felt forced to invest where they didn't want to uh because of their concerns about negative consequences plenty probably by their financial advisor who said you need to have a million dollars before you retire because of xyz they went okay i guess i'll buy shares then um there are definitely better returns available from businesses than there are from cash that's why you want to both invest in them otherwise we'd be in cash ourselves. Um, but again, that's also always been true as well, um, mm. and we know from you know long-term stock market history, um, you know shares have beaten cash for 120 something years. So I'm not sure, mate. I, I mm. have I have sympathy for your line of argument. I'm not sure it's as significant, new, or pervasive, maybe as as it sounds like you might. And I might be misquoting you, by the way, or mis it could- misinterpreting you. No, it's a big, it's a big conversation, but it's
0: a nice segue into what Ray Dalio has said recently. If we've got time for that, because he mm. talks about inflation, and I guess that's where it comes down to. So it's probably hasn't been as big a deal over the last twenty years. Although a dollar I had in two thousand and two, I just looked it up, is now worth yeah. sixty three cents. So yeah. it's kind of like that's, yeah. that's a lot. Yes, but but now let's go at so Ray Dalio is the yeah. um, founder of the biggest hedge fund in the world phenomenally successful person I, I think very smart got some really you, youtube him and look for the, how the economic machine works and
1: stuff and that's a, that's probably the best view on youtube i think other than the ones we've done of course but uh, <laughs> yes exactly yeah. i mean
0: he's, he's he really 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 smart guys he's got a really good read on things yeah. an economic
1: historian takes a deep view of things anyway so can his, i can i, his his I can point, point, are you going to read the quote from the can i read the quote then you can then you can describe it Yeah, please, please. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So on LinkedIn, he wrote, quote, in the near term, I expect inflation will fall slightly as past shocks resolve for some items, Mm e.g. energy. And then will trend back up towards 4.5% to 5% over the medium term. He goes on to say, quote, I estimate that a rise in rates from where they are to about 4.5% will produce about a 20% negative impact on equity prices. So in other words, Mm -hmm. share prices. He says brackets on average, though greater for longer duration assets and less for shorter duration ones. Based on the present value discount effect, which we've talked about a lot, and a ten percent negative impact from declining incomes, which is interesting. He then says, "Quote: When people lose money, they become cautious, and lenders are more cautious in lending to them, so they spend less." And you can you can understand where the spiral might come. I'm going to reread that, mate, because it's it's kind of a spiral concept. So again, having read it once, let me do it again. When people lose money, they become cautious, and lenders are more cautious in lending to them, so they spend less. Now you're getting the cycle idea. My guesstimate, he goes on, that a significant economic contraction will be required but it will take a while to happen because cash levels and wealth levels are now relatively high so they can be used to support spending until they are drawn down. We are now seeing that happened. End quote. Yeah, the so bits
0: unpack there. Um, yep. <laughs> so just very quickly, the, the bottom line when you read it on, on LinkedIn is he thinks inflation is going to be significantly above what he, the Fed thinks, and he's sort of calling for. Yep. So it's it's sort of like well, we just found out in the US it's eight more than eight percent, right? It's, wow, that's huge. And US 99
1: point nine in the UK, I think from memory. The UK
0: reckons yep. the, the exchequer, I think, he said the other day, is going to be like thirteen percent by the end of the year. Now there are some short term factors there, but everyone is basically saying. Well, it might come down, right? Mm. But mm. but not it's not getting back to two to three percent, these target ranges that people talk about. And Dalios basically sort of said, I think so four and a half to six percent. So I just come just I just very quickly finish off my point before okay. it's like when when your dollar goes to sixty cents over twenty years in a benign inflation environment, mm. you go your dollar goes to eighty cents in purchasing power in five years under a four and a half percent inflation rate. Yep. So even if it even if it halves you know, it's it's significant. It's significant. Mm-hmm. So just, I, I guess that just to finish off my point as to why why the the money is potentially mm-hmm. broken, and and this mm-hmm. is this is where the so he he makes. I love where he he always comes from a first principles perspective, mm. and he basically says there's this thing called inflation. There are interest rates. There are markets. Economic growth. and They all tie together, and here's how it ties together. And he basically says it all drives from inflation. And the Fed's job, the central bank's job, is to make sure that we get as much economic growth and prosperity as we can, and with a low unemployment as we can, without inflation becoming too high. Yep. And he doesn't expand on it because bad high. In, well, you don't need to be a, a, a economics professor to know high inflation and, is, is bad. And by
1: the way, central banks agree with that. That That's, that's very significant economic orthodoxy. The RBA yep. would say the same. The US Fed would say the same. That's why they have their target inflation bans. They want to keep inflation somewhat positive, but not so positive that it destroys earnings power and the value of money, to your point. Absolutely. One day
0: we're going to pick into why I think deflation is actually better. I'm mean, hyper controversial, but anyway. So yes, the the they, they want that. So they so look at and he's basically he just says, well, I'm not going to try and forecast here. Let's mm. just look at where we are at the moment. Mm. We've got record low unemployment. And actually, as we've talked about recently, the economy is actually doing pretty well. Yeah, it is. And at the same time, we've got inflation at historically extremely high levels. Mm-hmm. So what's the, what, is, what are the central banks going to do? They're <laughs> going to raise rates like as much as they can until yep. it breaks to some extent. The, the, the only reason they are going to pause is that unemployment shoots massive, massively higher
1: i'm um, not even convinced uh, they're going to pause on that basis mate if you have studied the history i know you have uh, back in the early 1980s paul volcker was the then u.s fed chair not only did he put rates up yeah. and cause an inflation cause a recession he kept raising rates well i think he necessarily intentionally caused a recession but he was he was agnostic as to whether or not there was one it's like i'm going to do this until inflation stops and whatever happens happens and i don't care I just, if it's a he recession he knew the consequences i, I would argue That's yes true. Yes yeah. Yeah. I, I'm just making the point He didn't, he didn't it, The recession wasn't the goal No, it was, no. The it was goal a- was to get Inflation under control Right And, you, and your recession Was probable as a result not, But not only that He kept raising rates During the recession yeah because he knew that what, what he believed and i think history has proven him right now we can argue about the role of chance and extremely and unpopular whatever. at the time yeah massively yeah. right most had man in america um yeah. but so he raised rates and caused a recession and then kept raising rates because mm-hmm. he wanted to kill inflation and he rightly saw you've already given the numbers as to why mate mm-hmm. um you talk about four and a half percent for five years if you get eight percent inflation for three years you lose a quarter of your, your money loses a quarter of its value yeah. and and not that's just not some esoteric concept right that's incomes not just savings so whatever you can buy today you'll be able to buy three quarters of it in three years time mm. so think about what you want to give up and this is if inflation gets stays unchecked right this is why the central bank is so mm. desperate to fix it mm. because if inflation gets stays unchecked and we get eight nine ten percent for any length of time our standard our fundamental living drops dramatically and that's so that's why they want to kill this and kill us dead it's why volcker caused a recession and then kept going. And when people say, well, the central banks will stop if they think there's going to be a recession, I'm not sure they have a final decision on this. But if they've watched Volcker and they believe that's he did the right thing, be very prepared for them to say, I'm sorry there's a recession, but we're going to keep doing it. Or I'm sorry there was a recession, but we knew we had to do this. And if that was the result, then so be it. They've said whatever it takes, they've said it will be painful. I don't think they can be much clearer without. Maybe they should be clearer, honestly, and actually say we may cause a recession and that has to be okay. Because maybe that's what people need to hear. But I want our listeners at least to hear it from us. Government. There's an Irish. Uh
0: economic historian i'm quite fond of called russell napier i've oh, gone a bit down a russell napier rabbit hole lately <laughs> um it's, it's not related <laughs> I'll do. to bitcoin oh dear oh dear he's got nothing to do with it nothing to do with it <laughs> but he's a very smart guy he, yeah. he wrote a he wrote a book on <laughs> the asian financial crisis mm-hmm. uh which i've ordered i'm really looking forward to reading but he just he, anyway anyway i really like him So he's basically said there's five ways out of the current problem mm. the first is austerity never going to happen it's probably probably the smart one of the smarter ways to do it but you know imagine being the politician that says hey we're not going to pay out any of your pensions anymore we're going to cut back on services and we're probably going to tax you a little bit more like they last three seconds so it's 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 physically impossible Mm. um uh well practically impossible the the, the next way you grow your way out of it Mm. Mm. that's the best solution this is brilliant right so we just said we've got this huge sort of debt pile and, and we need to get rid of that. And, oh, well, let's we'll just grow our way out of it. And we've done that before, yeah. but it takes huge technological revolutions to do yeah. it. It is the invention of steam or the internal combustion engine. So maybe maybe we get yeah. modular nuclear yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. fusion reactors and that just, you know, free limitless <laughs> energy for the world, you know, yep. uh, advanced general intelligence, maybe. Um, <laughs> barring that, that's not, yep. not something to rely on. Hmm. Hmm. Third, third we can default on, on all the debt that'll, yep. that'll solve problems and then create 400 other I was say. massive you gotta ones. be careful what you wish for exactly <laughs> yeah
1: that's alright <laughs> and this is I mean so the, the one thing I think is is across all the stuff we've talked about right and your little spidey sense will pick up a bitcoin here I'm not gonna go bitcoin I don't want you to go bitcoin but no, no, feel no, free to mention if you need to No. Um, the big C word is not well it's, in medical circles it's cancer of course in, in economic circles it's, it's confidence the big yep. seed company. And this only works. To your point about creating those 400 problems, it, it's because people would simply lose faith in the economic settings, the economic machine, to use Dalio's term. Mm-hmm. And once you lose confidence in that, and this is uh, this would be my response to you on deflation if we ever have that conversation, but mm. um, it comes down to whether or not people are confident enough to go and spend their money. Yep. Businesses are confident enough to hire. You have to believe the future is going to be okay or good or just even bearable to keep doing the things you're going to do. It's why we saw the savings rate jump up to 20% during COVID. Was A, yes, we didn't have the chance to spend some money. That's absolutely true. But people went, well, if I lose my job and if my pay goes down. It absolutely is. And so if you have that, what that does, and that's why for all of the grief about, about the job keeper, job saver, job seeker stuff, and we can argue about that. It wasn't perfect. I've never made that point. But what was so incredibly important about it, and it was bipartisan, was to say we will give you enough confidence to keep spending and that was required because otherwise people would stop spending businesses would stop hiring the whole thing gets gummed up and it's an absolute basket case and so those 400 other problems that you cause if you force people lose confidence and we you know there's ways of doing stuff i'm not i'm not making the point that it couldn't be done and it couldn't it couldn't be done in a way that maintains confidence or restores confidence but if you get it wrong um losing confidence in the economy is the absolute no-no that's the thing that will bring things coming crashing down
0: well, can I can I extend that? It's, it's not just an economic pain. It's this is what yeah. kind of what led to World War II, right? It, it, like the, the amount of social upheaval that, yes, that yes. And, and the rise of populism. Mm-hmm. I very much argue that Trump was a natural consequence of the GFC. Yeah, I totally um, you can draw a straight 100%. line between those yes. two two events, right? Yes, 100%. And 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 Johnson and, uh, you know, name, name your, your yeah. um, political ideologue that, yeah. that, that sort of gives you the easy answers, the populist, mm-hmm. you know, and it leads to war. It leads to death. So it's sort of like we're all poorer and we're all more desperate and we're all more short-term in our thinking. Yep. And we're all more likely to start killing each other. Like, and we're literally well, less generous
1: in terms of not only our physical resources, but our ability or our willingness to think better of somebody else. So that it all feeds into itself. I would actually say to you, mate, I think that's right. I actually think the secondary impact is the longer, longer burn one, which is globalization that wasn't really addressed properly in developing countries and so uh, developed countries, I should say. So you have got that wow. combination of you know 20, 30 years of globalization, then. The GFC on top of that, and so that's when the that's when the Rust Belt in in the US says we've been losing jobs for twenty years. Now there's massive upset. Uh, that final proof that this is not working for me. I want to change. Yep. And I will yep. I will vote for the person who says they can fix my problems. I, I, I will say this is going to horribly. Yeah, blame the Mexicans. Build a wall. You know. I'll say I'll fix it all.
0: And then it's yep. just it, it, that's how that's how it happens. It, it, it's It's ludicrous. And but when you're in that situation, it's, yes, it's. I want to. I, I want to use the word understandable. It's hard to no, say that because it, it is, feels it so crazy. Yep. But yep. but it is understandable, I guess.
1: If your if your worldview is is governed by, dictated by, informed by certain circumstances, and you know, I, I've had I've had people. Um, oh, I, I hope you don't mind me saying, my young bloke will will, will, will criticise um, twenty six year old, not nine year old. Will criticise uh, certain policies. Right? How could they possibly do that? Because can't they see that this would happen? Uh, so environmental policy in particular mm. and my answer is often that we are in a position where we have the luxury to say that because we're not we're not we're not fearful of the consequences of economic slowdown if you have a mortgage up to your eyeballs and you've got a couple of seven year old kids who you're hoping are going to have jobs in two years time and you're in a coal mining town that's a much harder thing to say we should shut down coal mines and go renewables and hopefully i'll have a job hopefully my kids will have a job hopefully i can pay the mortgage hopefully i can put food on the table hopefully my mental health will be okay mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. is the understandable bit mate i think that's you know honestly as much as we criticize people for not being empathetic about the impact for others we can absolutely be i think reasonably accused we group wise not you and i um of not having the same empathy as those people who understand their mindsets of like this is scary and i don't know what happens next and just, I just like to keep what I've got, please. Yep. And that's, that's entirely, it's human nature 101. And we, we ignore those people that are absolute peril, literally in terms of the economy and the environment. But you know, on, on their behalf as well, if you're faced with that and someone says, it's okay, I will make it okay for you, even if you don't know if you can believe them, you're tempted to at least give them a go because how much worse can it be? Those guys want to shut down my job. Those guys you know, want me to move or maybe I can't put food on the kid's table. I mean, that's that really existential stuff. Yep. It's, they are first world problems to some degree but you know what's the old line we're only three three meals away from, from anarchy I mean you know it's, it's, yeah. Yeah, I think it's very reasonable to look at those people and say they felt like life still in a rap, r- rubbish hand they felt abandoned by the party they otherwise would have been naturally drawn to I mean these were Rust Belt you know left wing voters union voters generally speaking who went well hang on not only is my life getting worse but they don't care about me mm. I'll take something else I, I don't I don't blame them for doing it I think that's to your point about the understand I like think it absolutely is understandable 100% understandable um, if we take a more generous worldview and and be a bit empathetic, put ourselves in their shoes, I absolutely get it. Yeah,
0: uh, I think I think the rich uh, slash elites, uh, probably not the best word, but you know, need to actually pay attention to this stuff too. Yeah, yeah. that's that's when the guillotines come out, right? Like at, at the extreme. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah, yeah. that's no, true. We that's saw true. it really recently. I mean, again, yep. it got zero coverage on Western media, <laughs> but in Sri Lanka, when things went pear shaped, really yes, recently. Actually, that's true. You know, there there yep. were there yep. were there were mobs. Um, yep rampaging through the rich suburbs dragging yep. officials out beating yep. them like it, ha- like a couple months ago like it, it sort of like if you're at the top of, of society you can kind of feel as though none of this stuff affects you and it kind of yeah. doesn't until, yep. it does.
1: until it does <laughs> exactly no. and yep. so oh yep. man again we got we got really dark here didn't we really and, and miles away from any sort of topic that even gets us close back to the stock market well I'll, just, um, I'll, very, I'll very quickly finish but, the, the nab- napier's <laughs> points so the other one default on the debt hyperinflation is
0: another yep. option that'll yep. that'll. Get you out of your debt because yep. just you just the yeah. debt becomes inflated much way. easier to pay back in, in, yep. in inflated terms. If
1: your if your income doubles, your debt stays the same; it's usual to afford. Yep. Is so. You actually, so here
0: is the unsp- here is the thing that the Fed and government will never say mm-hmm. um, they actually wouldn't mind. uh I think four to five percent inflation is probably mm. where people need, want it to want it to get to. Mm. Um, it's not so bad that that, that things don't work, <laughs> but it, but it's bad enough that it makes it makes the debt go away a little bit, little bit easier. Mm. Um, I, I, I here's my prediction over the next five years: central banks will start to abandon the the two percent target. That won't be talked to. It'll it'll be changed ever so subtly to. We want, our mandate is to yeah. keep inflation in a reasonable brand, something loose and fuzzy like that. Because it just, it just has to. Like, they, they, there's a lot of stuff that they, they can't do um, to control mm. it. And so it's like rocking a hard place, you know. What, what is it when an immovable force meets a- um, <laughs>
1: Irresistible yeah, yeah, force is exactly. a movable object. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, yeah. They'll, they'll, I, I think there'll be something <laughs> like that. And the last option, which is, which is Napier's sort of, sort of base case, mm. is financial repression. And what that really means is, is you'll think Have thing. China's done this already. Um, capital controls. Yeah. Government will just mandate as what you where you can p- put your money. Uh, right. What what there'll be certain requirements for pension funds. And I'm talking about the big stacks of money out there, not you or me. Yeah. Super funds and that will say okay, we actually require you to hold so much, X percent in Australian bonds. Or right, th- right. They, they'll there will be they will they will use what they can to to help. Um, uh, mitigate the situation because it's it's a really bad outcome, but it's the least bad outcome, and it's the one that you never have to put to an individual level. So it becomes more of a that's you know, pretty crappy from an institutional standpoint. It's not politically
1: right, <laughs> but it just no, no and, one feels the pain, but the problem goes away. That's perfect for, for at his point.
0: And his point is, is that like, he kind of, it seems so unbelievable to, to us in our recent history, but it's kind of like happened a lot in history, like lots and lots and not even that far back. And in fact, right now in many parts of the world, big G7 countries, right? So it's sort of, you know, um, it's, it's, it's scary. I guess all of this is, uh, all I'm saying uh, the long bow here is I think it's, uh, we're in, we're in, we're in for more challenging times. Um, and I think that the the um, you you you've got no choice but to play the investing game to some extent because cash is just not an option, mm. fixed interest is, is is not an option. Um, you kind of—it's such a horror. I hate the term people say it's a stock pickers market, but kind of stock pickers market. <laughs> That's true. You know, yeah. it's like you yeah. Gotta, yeah. You've, you've, you've got to—you've—you've got—and—and and I think we will see a renaissance in value investing, which was just mm. pushed to the sidelines for many many years yeah. as growth took over the world and it just—you know—became all about tech, all about growth. Mm-hmm. I think you'll see. I think you, you'll see a, a comeback for, for good old mm. fashioned value investing, which always makes sense. Um, yeah. There's a lot more to be said, but we're way over
1: time. Oh, massively over time. And so far from the original starting point. i do not sure if we can see it from here. So let's just say we'll be back on Sunday. If you made it this far, thank you for spending some time with us. If it's been interesting, that's great. Let us know. If it's not, that's okay. Let us know too. Although um, maybe do it privately, rather publicly. Uh, we've, had, we've had a lot of fun. These are the sort of issues that I think are really worth discussing, quite frankly. And they're actually more useful than some of the uh race calling as the politicians uh, or the, the political pundits like to call it you know just the whole market up mark it down market up mark it down mm-hmm. daily stuff um we should also make the point that investing wise when you ask us well how, how is your investing going to change the answer is probably still going to be no it's probably not uh so it's also worth you know we don't want to paint a doom and gloom scenario here uh, there are there are i think i think i'm speaking for you mate um it's well worth continuing to invest. I think the, the market that we are going to, to some degree, um, we've talked about this and this is the, the luxury of having some capital behind you. If you've got some savings already is be able to invest that gives you a whole lot of options, a whole lot of choices in whichever way the economy goes, almost certainly to be better off with than without money and without savings, without capital. So uh, I will not be changing a single part of my investing no matter what, how this goes, It'd be fascinating to watch. Um, but that's the, that's the approach I'm taking. I assume the same for you, mate.
0: Yeah, I mean, what's the choice, right? Yeah. <laughs> shotgun and seeds (laughs) you need to you need to do something with your with your money and you need to you know I don't know. It's, it's You know, the, the, the obvious thing is just to make sure that you stay employed and earn a good yeah. income. And that, Well, that's easiest. That's like saying all you need to do is hit a hole in one and you'll be a great golfer, <laughs> you know. So yeah. there's there's that. But of whatever money you do have, I yeah. think, you know, a laissez, you don't want to take extreme risks, yeah. um, even though there'll be greater pressure to do so because that's yeah. just, well, by by definition, it's a good chance of that not working out. Yeah. But I also think a laissez-faire kind of approach you need to be more careful with as well. And so just keep an eye, know what you own and why you own it, and, and, and stay laser focused on it. And that's a wonderful way to finish. Will you come back Sunday? You know it.
1: With a brighter outlook on life? Mm, well, let's see what
0: happens in the world between then and now. <laughs>
1: I'll do what I can. Fool on. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs>